Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 1234 in Edmonton. Royal Pizza. Pizza passed in so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options. For a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations, go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The Stauffer recommendation, the Mediterranean chicken. Brendan Escott likes the Texan. Uh, speaking of uh, NFL, because Brendan's a Texans fan, uh, the Ravens. In action tonight against the Dallas Cowboys, they will, they're expected to have Lamar Jackson back and Michigan and Ohio State is canceled. And, um, that's a, that's going to be a big deal for Ohio State because I think by the charter that they set up for this season, it means that Ohio State will not get enough games in to play in their conference championship, though they'd still be eligible to be in the final four playoff of which they would likely be a part of. Uh, nonetheless, interesting stuff. All right. Let's head it off to uh, Mark Spector, who is brought to you every Tuesday and Friday by Horse Racing Alberta, presenting live standard red racing on Saturdays and Sundays at Century Mile. Watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Horse Racing Alberta, caring for our horses and contributing to our economy. Spec, uh, so here we're going to we're gonna maybe start in a place you didn't think we were going to start with. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, my man? Awesome, awesome. Let's do it. All right. So if I if I brought up uh, and started talking about Matthew Kachuk, uh, given the listenership, and we have a very engaged listenership that loves the Texas on the Ashley Five Floors text line, everybody would jump in immediately. I know because we've talked about Kachuk. I mentioned the fact that to me he's becoming a little bit more honest uh, of a player. We saw that he was uh, fighting a lot more instead of antagonizing and doing that sort of hit and run act that he was doing with Cassian uh, prior to dropping the gloves with Zach. You know, he ended up having multiple fights in the second half of the season. Uh, picked a fight with Blake Wheeler. You know, if I, if I talk about Matthew Kachuk that way, we get lots of texts. I was on this date, Mark, back in 1989-90, in that year. Uh, Mark Lamb scored in overtime. The Oilers beat the LA Kings 5-4. Edmonton was on a stretch where they went 15-2-2. They'd won nine of their pre- – uh, the victory gave Edmonton nine wins in ten games in the 89-90 season. And I made the point that that was at the absolute height of the Oilers Kings rivalry. And Spec, I might argue that at that time, and I know you wrote the definitive book, The Battle of Alberta, I might argue the Oilers Kings rivalry for that four year window from 89 to about 92, 88 to 92, was as ugly, nasty, and as brutal as the Battle of Alberta, if not even hotter than the Battle of Alberta. Give me your thoughts on that. Well, 
they, uh, I mean, it was such a violent time in hockey. I remember uh, vividly the game that set the, what was the date on that game, Bob, that set the NHL record for penalties? February, February 28th, 1990, 86 penalties, 356 penalty minutes. I was working on sports night with Darren Detition that night, and they canceled our show because the game ran so long. I'm going to tell a terrible story. I was at the hospital. A family, an extended family member was sick and in the hospital. And, of course, I'm, we're visiting dutifully. But, damn, that game was on. It was so good. I kept <laughs> kind of shuffling out of the room and over to the waiting room where the TV was on because there was a fight, <laughs> which probably makes me a bad person, Paul. You're but, a bad guy. Um, well, we've established that, Mark, but keep going. Um, I don't know. I'm... I'm you know, let's break it down here. The geographic rivalry is, first of all, the strongest pull for any rivalries. That's why, you know, Michigan and Ohio State and Edmonton and Calgary. And so sure. you don't have that with Edmonton and L.A. You really, I would say this, if Gretzky didn't go to L.A., would we be having this conversation? No, Probably no. Not. But the fact is, would. he did, and so did McSorley, and he was a big part of it. Yeah, McSorley for sure was a big part of it. Um, you know, he would fight. Oh my goodness, he was a, he was a, a volume fighter and, a, and a, a long fighter. Like Marty never had any of those two punch and fall down fights, did he? You know, when Marty fought, you had time to go get a quick beer and sit down. <laughs> you know, which was again all time hockey. So. Uh, I would say to you that it replaced the Battle of Alberta. Yes, I'll, I'll give you that. Was it better than the Battle of Alberta? No. Well, in, two, in my, yeah. And I'm not just saying that because I'm selling books, but as an Edmontonian and an Edmonton guy and an Albertan, I will never say that I look back at the L.A. rivalry as being better than the Battle of Alberta. So here's the thing. The Flames were really good. They were no worse than the third or fourth best team in the NHL a lot of those years, and Edmonton was the best team in the 1980s. But Gretzky being traded to L.A., and now you have the Gretzky factor. McSorley out there stirring the proverbial you-know-what, because that's what he did. There was He was an antagonist for a while, before he started fighting again in 92. Started fighting again in 92, but he kind of picked his spots a bit and infuriated Oilers fans at that time and Oilers players. And that's where I'm going with this. Like, it it, it was... It got really nasty. Like, Tim Waters was a, a guy that could be a bit of a cheap player. The Oilers had Craig Muni used to step on. I think he wiped out uh, Thomas Sandstrom. And I know the Oilers played the Flames in 91 and had a rollerball on ice series. That's what it was. But I'm just saying, for that three- or four-year window, every time because of Gretzky returning, because they had the great one, it, it, was, it was right there with the Battle of Alberta for me. Well, and they had, uh, remember that, you know, they had uh, Jay Miller. Didn't they have Jay Miller on that team in L.A.? He was a heavy penalty minutes guy. They had, um, they had they had Jay Miller. The Oilers ended up having. Uh, they brought in Dave Brown, who was just a cold blooded assassin. He was a big mean guy, uh, you know. And the team, it was it was. And you know who else they had that really stirred the pot? In my memory here was Tony Granato. Yeah, Tony Granado was the was the English or American version of Esatikinen in that he was such a good, highly skilled player and could bury you with points and goals and assists the way Tikkanen could. But Granado was was he didn't do it with he he didn't 
um, aggravate you with words as much as the way Tikkanen did. Uh, he was dirty. You know, Granado was a very dirty, hard-nosed player that would stab you in the you know, back of the leg and cross check you. And, and he took it too. Like he was a tough, tough player and a very good one. But to me, he was a guy that made you, that, that turned up the volume, right? Turned up the heat in that rivalry. And you need it just the way you, Matt Kachuk has put, taken this rivalry to a next level. You know, Gretz was never going to be that guy. That's not what he did. But Tony Granato was going to be that guy. And that is what he did. Yeah, uh, Tony Granato, of course, later clubbed Neil Wilkinson right over the head in one of those. Yes, he did. You do that today, and that's, uh, well, you're getting 40 games. <laughs> it's, it's all, I mean, the funny thing that is, was, Mark. That, that was Chico Mackey material right there. Uh, like we, uh, Wayne Mackey. Uh, but yeah. we, uh, yeah, we, Wayne we, Chico we, Mackey. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so <laughs> the, <laughs> you know they're two different guys, right? <laughs> anyhow, anyhow uh, that so here's the thing, back. It, it was a different time, and you know I, I think it's going to be one. You know, to me that was a bit of a surprise championship in 1990, and I think yes. that, you know you've talked to these guys before. I think they had to get over a bit of the emotional hurdle of the Gretzky trade and losing to the Kings in '89 helped make that happen. And now I'm going to translate that into today. Okay, I found the rankings that came out from the Athletic to be really interesting because Edmonton had the best winning percentage of the seven Canadian teams last season. And a lot of the so-called, I'm going to take the Athletic at their word, that they got hold of 15 executives and American-based teams, and they sort of have Edmonton in the three through five hole. And, And that's entirely reasonable. But the fact of the matter is the Oilers have two of the five best players in the league. And they have, uh, you know, McDavid and, and, and Dreisaitl. And I think it's going to work to Edmonton's advantage. I think every team in the league gets up to play Connor. But I think with an, an all-Canadian division here in the NHL, I think that's going to work to the Oilers' advantage. There won't be, you know what, it's it's going to be as intense as it can possibly be given the structure of the return of play. Your thoughts? Oh, it's always good when you play teams over and over. It, what's, what sucks for fans is when you have to play a team that maybe doesn't do it for you. You got seven games against the Minnesota Wild, or the, you know, I always complain that the Arizona Coyotes are a boring, a boring team to watch. Um, fair. But this time, you're playing, I mean, it looks like you're going to get eight games here against the Calgary Flames. You're going to get eight against the, the Vancouver Canucks. You know, Winnipeg's a, a very good team. I know they're not a sexy team and there's not a ton of Jets fans, but they're a good team with good players. Obviously the Leafs, obviously the Habs. So this is different. This is an eight games within a division where some of the teams kind of bore you, right? That's what's going to be a beauty about this. Uh, you know, I, hey, I'll take eight games against Calgary. They're not all going to be, you know, goalie fight affairs, but some of them might be, <laughs> right? So this new schedule, this Canadian division, I'll take it all day long. I think it's going to be awesome for fans. You know, Mark, you, you sound politically at times so left-leaning on a bunch of uh, – I'm just having fun with you because you're, you're, you're an old-school rock'em, sock'em hockey guy at heart, man. Well, you know, fighting's not what it used to be. I get it. You know, and it's not really about the fighting as much as it's about just some intensity and some hatred and emotion, right? We've had this conversation, Bob. The the new game, okay, take out bare knuckle fighting, and I get it. It's 2020, and we don't do that stuff anymore. 
But with, gone, too, then, is the emotion that fighting used to bring. And we do see a lot of games where teams just skate around and shake each other's hands at the end and pat each other on the rump, and it's we're all buddies. You know, I miss it when teams hated each other and players didn't like each other because it was better hockey. You can't well, say it wasn't. There is no question. You know what, Mark? You sit there and say we don't do that anymore. What about the proliferation of mixed martial arts? Yeah, okay. There's obviously sure. there there's obviously an appetite for it, man. I mean, it's completely taken off over the last 20 years. Some of that is at the expense of boxing, but some of that is just, you know what? There's there's guys that like uh, guys and and women for that matter that like watching you know, red-blooded, competitive people going at it and giving hell and, and there's frankly, I got no problem with it, Mark. I don't know about you. Um, sure. I guess if you want to do it, that's fine. I, I don't like MMA because it seems to me that every single bout, you know, basically ends in a concussion or, you know, repeated head blows. I'm maybe I'm getting too old for that stuff. Uh, I, I'll I'll tell you the truth, Bob. I used to watch those. You know, the rock'em, sock'em type things where two guys were Tony Twist and, you know, Cam Jansons or somebody would just be pounding right hands at each other 20, 30 in the same fight. I don't watch that anymore. That doesn't do it for me. Now that I know what's happened to those guys, you know, the CTE and all that, because I'll ask you, does that change your – do you watch a fight differently, you know, than you, than you did when it was live, Bob? Jack, I'll say this, and I, I've, I've had this conversation with Jack over the years, Speck. I want the order. look, I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group. I want to see the Oilers player win the fight. I don't want to see anybody get hurt in the fight, but I want the message to be sent. Does that make, does that make like, I want the team well, to stand up? Well, I think up? we know that, it, that guys do get hurt in the fight. So even when they skate off, we know now, like, what happened to Raitis of Vannins when he fought big Steve McIntyre? Yeah. That was that was just not. I don't want to watch a replay of that, Bob. You know, it was uh, a career-ending punch, pretty much, you know, right? But, Mark, Mark, let's think back to January. Like, Roger's place was in Bedlam as, Zach, you know, Kachuk took the fight. And Cassian got him with the left and got him got down. You know what I mean? And the first Nugent Hopkins went with Monaghan. And Monaghan got the jump on Nugent Hopkins early in that fight. And then Ryan stormed back and did pretty well that second half of that fight. The place was vibrant. It was electric. People loved it because at the end of the day, that's still part of the game. And... Uh, so it's 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 a tricky one, and you're right about the concussions. It's always a concern. That's what I'm saying. I want to see the order player win the fight. I don't want to see anybody get hurt from the fight, but I want the message sent. It's a very and some people might say, Bob, those two aren't mutually exclusive. Like you got to and and maybe there's a degree of truth to that. And I don't think it makes me a Deanderthal for thinking that way. No, I think what I'd say to you now too is guys could have a choice to fight now. You don't have to fight. In the old days, you had to fight. Like, you just had to fight. The, the situations arose where you didn't, you know, you couldn't not fight. Today's game is completely different. You can go a whole career now without having a fight if that's what you want to do. And I guess at least I would say that those who incur the cerebral damage from fighting are going into this thing today with their eyes wide open. They know now what the, what the repercussions are. And if they choose to do so, I guess they're grown men, just like the MMA people are, grown adults. And if that's what they choose, that's what they choose. In the old days, it was a little different. You kind of didn't, nobody knew what was really going on. No one knew about CTE. So I suppose we're more well-educated now. Does that justify in any way our lust for physical violence, Bob? Uh, 
that's kind of been historically systemic, hasn't it, with humans to begin with? Sam says, Bob, are you fighting? I hope they leave it as is in hockey, and I wish they'd introduce it to politics uh, from Sam. Well, they fight they fight a different way in uh, politics, Sam, and it's not always fair. Let's do this. Uh, we're going to take a step out. It's 1248 in Edmonton. Two old school boys from a different time. Uh, stop for Inspector and Oilers now when we return. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. We'll get to Darnell in a second. It's 1250 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Stoffer Inspector with you. We're just going to step out briefly and get to the Oilers Now Prospect Report brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang at James H. Brown want you to stay safe and stay positive. What do you got, Brendan Escott? Last year's fourth round selection, Matei Blumel had uh, four points in three games last week in the Czech League. and He's now doubled up last year's points total in half the amount of games played so far. The Finnish League is shut down right now, so yes, Apoyarvi stuck at 12 points in his 16 games for Carpat. Apelli Rassadin, 7 points in 17 games in his first year back in his home country after three years at Boston College. 34-year-old Adam Crackdell popping off in Denmark to the tune of 16 points in 13 games for the Esberg Energy. Take a look at uh, Dale Weiss's numbers. Was he not in, or was was he in, I'm trying to think, was he in Denmark? or He was in one of those leagues. Maybe he was in uh, Holland. Uh, you can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Our Ashley Fine Floors text line. We bring back Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta presenting live standard bet racing Saturdays and Sundays at Century Mile. Watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Horse Racing Alberta caring for our horses and contributing to our economy. Darnell Nurse, spec. We know he's going to have to take on more minutes. Uh, he's probably going to have to be more selective when he fights. I, I, I Just back to the fighting, I mean, we've had, just with him alone, fought, fights Ra- Rasmus Anderson picks the fight with him in the rookie tournament, Ben Tickton. So then the Oilers play a preseason game in Calgary, and they send uh, Hunter Smith after Darnell, and Darnell breaks Hunter Smith's nose. Hunter Smith was six foot six, by the way. But the one I remember, and I think most of the fans remember, it was one of the funniest things inv- involving Darnell Nurse was when Max McCormick from the Ottawa Senators picked a fight with him. Do you remember that? Yeah, Dar- I do remember that. And yeah. Darnell's, Darnell's dad was watching the fight. And Darnell's just pounding the snot at McCormick. It was, that was, you got to admit, that was pretty funny. Well, Darnell was a oh man. He's everything you dread. And I mean, I don't consider myself a fighter. I've just watched lots of him. But he's everything you dread, right? He's long. He's rangy. He's six foot four. He can hold you out with your left hand, with his left hand, so that if you're not, if your arms aren't long enough, you can have a full swing and not get to him. So those are the guys that, to me, were always the, uh, you know, if I, that always looked like they were the hardest guys to fight. If Darnell gets you on the end of his arm, you're dead out there because he can hit you hard. Or you can't hit him. Uh, and he can play. He's today's heavyweight, Bob. He's a guy that can play, first of all. He can skate. And he doesn't have to fight much because nobody has to fight much. But when push comes to shove, you got Darnell on your roster, and he's as tough as they come, man. Well, Darnell, uh, you know, I know Drew Remenda has mentioned this to me before because Drew's really all over the mixed martial arts stuff. Uh, yeah. Darnell's an MMA guy and does MMA and boxing training. That one with Hunter Smith, like Hunter Smith had Darnell early in that fight. You can it's, it's on you it's on YouTube. You can hear Pete Labardius call it, 
and Darnell looked to be like Darnell fought open in that fight. Like the, it was just a stand back punch in your face contest. And Smith had Darnell in control for about 15 to 20 seconds. And, and I mean, Smith is not a functional tough player. Like he's not, a, I don't even know if he's got a contract. He might be out of hockey now. And Darnell just flattened him with one, uh, like it was just a hellacious shot. And the reaction in the saddle dome. It was just off the charts. So Darnell's going to be a big guy. He's got to stay on the ice, though, for the Oilers this year. No Oscar Clefbaum. Darcy McLeod, your old friend Wood guy, was on the show yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, he uh, he made an interesting point. He's, he said he's going to be intrigued to see how the Oilers perform without Clefbaum. And he doesn't – I don't want to put words in his mouth, but – he doesn't think the, you know, basically he was saying he doesn't think the drop-off is going to be as precipitous as some people think. He thinks that Caleb Jones will be able to take on some more minutes. Maybe Nurse's role changes. We all know who's going to be on the first unit power play. It's going to be Tyson Berry. Give me a quick rip on uh, the Oilers' D, the importance of Nurse and that sort of thing here. Assuming, Mark, and we're going to talk about this next segment, that we are 100% good to go to play at some point. I think what we, as we move along, and I think what most of the, certainly analytics are, are more successful in charting puck movement, kind of going north, or or unsuccessful puck movement, you know, like zone exits, right? Whether they chart very well, whether a guy gets it out of the zone, whether he doesn't, but. I think where they still have some challenges is is charting a guy's defensive work, how he how he handles himself in his own zone. You know, sure, end results, goals that go in, end results, shots on net. But to me, we spend a lot more time talking about Ethan Bear's ability to move the puck, and Tyson Berry's going to be a great defenseman because he gets the puck up ice so well. What we don't probably what we're going to have to watch here without cleft bomb is there's going to be times when you're pinned in your zone there's times when a defenseman doesn't have the puck and has to get some work done this defending they're still called defenseman bob and i think we we take our eye off that ball so to me you know extra minutes for everybody oscar cleft bomb played 25 minutes a night man so who gets all those extra minutes right it's caleb jones he's a i think he was a was he 11 minutes a game 12 minutes a game, something like that. You know, he's looking at a 50, perhaps a 50% rise in ice time here. Uh, how will he defend? How's he going to handle when Nathan McKinnon has the puck? How's Ethan Bear going to do when, you know, when, when Matt Kachuk's got the puck? Uh, that, to me, is the question. It's, it's how are they going to be when they don't have the puck? That's, what we're, that's where they're going to feel the loss of Oscar Kleffbaum because I think quietly he was a pretty decent defender. Uh, they'll be fine going north. They'll be fine with their zone exits. They'll be fine getting the puck to forwards because Tyson Berry is going to help there. But the book on Tyson Berry is when the puck's in his zone and he doesn't have it, he's just as exciting, right? Which 14, isn't always good. 14 minutes a game for Caleb Jones last season, Spec. Okay. Uh, Darnell Nurse played 23-27. Clefbaum played 25-25. Darnell's a huge part of this. He has to stay healthy in the season. Uh, I don't think there's any debate. I do think I do think Caleb could get to 17 and a half minutes. He's got well, how much penalties. more can Darnell play? How much more can Nurse play? He can't play much more. He's already playing over 23. So where are those 25 minutes coming from, Bob, on the left side? Yep. Who's making them up? Well, who's on the right side? Bear, Larson, and uh, Barry. And, Bar- and Barry. 
Uh, so they're all going to play. I, I mean, Ethan Bear last season ended up playing, I think, 21 minutes a game. 21-58, he actually played 22 minutes a game. Uh, Larson's got to get healthy, but he he played right around 20 minutes a game. So you got to Bear's going to Barry's going Barry's to play in the power play. So the question is on the left side. You know, do you do you go 25 minutes for Nurse, and then are you looking at 17 and 17? And of course, you're not going to play. Uh, you know, a total of 120 minutes on your defense because most power plays just run one defenseman and four forwards. So, interesting, Mark. Completely valid point by you. One of the concerns might be the ability to stop the cycle. We know Larson can do that. That yeah. said, he's had some back challenges. Uh, and does the puck moving offset it? Hey, Spec, we're running up against the break here. Uh, uh you can have some fun here coming up in the next segment. I just saw your text now. So we'll get to that. Uh, Stafford Inspector for you for Horse Racing Alberta. Off to a global news weather traffic update with uh, the one and only Randy Kilburn. And then Mark's got lots of information in the next segment. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.